Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Scott Gaughan from Thin Lizzy, and you're listening to Jay Scott and the Hook Rock. So reach down, unstoppable, wildland fires lost control. It's easier when you're giving up. A thunderstorm erase your path. Wipes out everything we have It's easier when you're giving up But I know the times get better Don't give up, my friend We've got it in our hands This is not Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're staying warm. It's a uh, blistering winter out there. We've got some uh, snow falling outside of Chicago, where I'm at. The East Coast got a big blizzard over the weekend, and they dropped like, I think, two feet of snow in some areas and more. So hope you're all staying warm and staying safe and warm and all bundled up and, and listening to the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. There's something for everyone on the platform. You can check out my friends like Tom and Zeus on Shout Out Loudcast, the number one ranked KISS podcast, Baco from Cobras and Fire, Martin Popoff, the rock historian, my friends, Ron and Esty, Carmen Apice, and Vinny Apice on the Hanging and Banging podcast, as well as Mistress Carrie out in Boston. I know she's probably getting some snow where she's at, so uh, hope she's doing well out there. Once again, I'm your host, Jay Scott. You can follow Pantheon on PantheonPodcast.com, on Twitter or Facebook at Pantheon Pods. You can follow the Hook Rocks wherever you podcast, whatever platform you listen to, we are available. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Hook Rocks 
as well as Facebook. Don't forget to write us a review. If you enjoy the episodes, we always love your feedback. So please do. We've had some great episodes lined up over the last month or so with some new music spotlights with Scarlet Rebels from the UK, Georgia Thunderbolts from Georgia, as well as others. We had the warning band on to talk about their postponed tour, and they have all been rescheduled, so check out those dates as well. We talked about live music and the revenue generated last year in 2021, and also how live streaming is evolving with Christine Eagle. And also check out our year-end celebrations where we rank the top 30 albums uh, for 2021 in two episodes, almost six hours of commentary with over 160 albums that we talked about. So everyone from legacy artists to unknown to emerging rock bands, we've got it all for you on that episode. We've got another great episode for you today. It's a band that uh, I've enjoyed listening to for, geez, probably for the past decade. The band is Kissin' Dynamite. The guest is Hans Braun, the singer. And they've got a new album out that you should all check out. The album is just absolutely uh, in- incredible. And uh, the album is not the end of the road. And we're going to get into it. But I'd like to welcome in Hans. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Jay. Nice to be here with you uh, today. Uh, I'm I'm fine. And I'm very busy these days uh, since our release just um, was, yeah, one week ago. And everything feels super exciting. Everything uh, feels super um um, how do you call it? I mean, the last two two years were just um, <laughs> well, let's call it different yes. <laughs> for an artist, and uh, now everything gets slowly but surely back to normality, and that feels just great. Yeah, you've got some exciting news too, as well with the album. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is out for one week now, and we received uh, the result in the mainstream German album charts, and we hit on an incredible position too, which is the best. Uh, well, th- that's the best peak of uh, Kiss and Dynamite's chart entries at all, and um, we're super, super happy about that. That's awesome. Well, we'll get into the album here in a bit, but we always ask the same first question every time we have yes. a first-time guest, and that's where the show uh, or what the show is all about. And just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a performance, or a band that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you? It was ACDC. I don't have to think about that for a long time because um, when me and my brother were kids, I mean, like six or seven years old, my dad took us both uh, to the first ACDC concert. He was always a huge fan and we listened to uh, this music passively in the car or at home and stuff. So um, we liked that too and uh, wanted to go to a real rock concert <laughs> Concert, and my dad took us there. And I have um, an awesome memory to that show. It was in Stuttgart here in Germany um, on the Stiff Up Lip Tour. And uh, we left earlier um, just before the encore because we didn't want to get into this uh, flood of people um, uh, rushing to the exit. So we we were uh, leaving the hall uh, while For Those About to Rock was on. And uh, there were some drunk people lying in the hallway. And um, me and my brother didn't understand what's going on back then. So we asked our dad, hey, What's wrong with this guy? Why is he lying there and don't don't move anymore? And my dad just made a sloppy joke and said, 
oh, he was hit by the cannons during for those about Iraq. <laughs> and so we went home pretty shocked, but also pretty amazed um, of this concert and the whole impression that the band and Angus Young made on us. And that was the moment when we knew we want to do exactly the same. When you saw that and the impact that it had on you, did you immediately want to be on stage or was that something that, you know, the music started your passion and then eventually it led to that? I would say it was a combination. I mean, we we watched Angus Young on stage going crazy. This this guy was just uh, on fire and um, we were both totally amazed by his energy, by his performance, um, the the music that hooked us as well. And this shock moment, um, which had a deep impact on us with, with the uh, canon joke of my dad. So it was a combination of just overwhelming uh, situations and overwhelming impressions that we had during that night. And the next days and weeks, we only listened to ACDC. And the more we did so, the more we were sucked in by its um, awesomeness and its power, so to speak. And uh, then once my dad came home from work and uh, he opened the door and asked a simple question. Uh, and that was, so boys, now, what do you want to um, uh, make out of your future? Do you want to get professional football players or do you want to be rock musicians? <laughs> and my my brother and me, we looked at each other and immediately said rock musicians. <laughs> so uh, we received, um, luckily, um, my dad paid us some, uh, like, uh, you know, the first instruments and uh the first lessons that we took. And um, from then on, everything is history because we immediately wanted to do something with the stuff that we learned in those lessons and um, formed our very first band with my dad. Uh, funny, uh, f the, the funny thing about it is, well, we, we rehearsed in the basement of our house and uh, it was clear that we have to find some, someone our age sooner or later. And uh, so we, so we did. We, we were kind of a school band because we met um, the other guys uh, in our school, and uh, then everything developed pretty quickly. We uh, rehearsed and rehearsed, played the first gigs, and um, um, it took two or three years more after we had formed our very first band to receive the first record deal with EMI. Wow. Wow. How, how was the, how was your influences in terms of, you know, obviously ACDC, one of the greatest bands of all time has a huge impact on you and a lot of other bands, but what other musicians, what other singers influenced you in your approach and your style? Oh, okay. Well, the first to name uh, for me personally is Klaus Meine from the Scorpions, because uh, this has always been a band uh that I loved a lot and I would still call it one of my favorite bands because uh, for some reason I either I had two records um to uh, that I had to listen to to be able to fall asleep I know that sounds weird but it was true and uh, the one was Razor's Edge of uh, ACDC and the other one uh, was uh, Scorpion's Best Off um and I, I listened to them, um, each and every night, um, uh, sometimes this, sometimes that, but, uh, I had to do so to, to find some inner peace, you know, to, to let go and, uh, to really fall asleep. 
So um, it was the same magic that uh, ACDC had on me, the same magic Scorpions also had on me. And uh, I liked his singing style because I'm not a dirty uh, singer uh, at first, uh, like uh, Bon Scott or Brian Johnson is, but more of a clear singer uh, like Klaus Meiner, I would say. And he influenced my singing style pretty much. Uh, so, and and I loved the songwriting of uh, Rudolf Schenker and Klaus Meine always. And uh, they're still a great band, and I still go to see them live. It's just an incredible uh, band. When you get into your writing style and, and you write songs, was there a song that influenced you or? maybe kind of nudged you to say, Hey, I can, I can do this. I want to do this. I, I love how the lyrics are connecting with me. I want to write music that connects with people. Was there a song, a particular moment that that happened? Oh, well, I would, uh, I would uh, say it's living on a prayer by Bon Jovi, because this is truly for my, or at least in my opinion, this is the best uh, rock song ever. Um, it's I'm, I'm amazed still by um, the, the, how do you call it the 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 sudden energy that it um um evolves in people when when the riff comes in and you know and in in even if in some football stadiums if uh, somebody starts oh we're halfway there and suddenly the the whole stadium is singing it's it's just uh, this incredible power in that tune and the hope in that song that always um captured me and um left me amazed and um so i always wanted to write a song that great uh i truly uh, didn't write a song that great for a long uh, time because i i guess that's just one in a million song that you don't write every day and uh well yeah but still i mean the song doesn't get bad i have listened to it a thousand times at least but still uh if if i'm in a bar or in a club or whatever, and uh, suddenly uh, living on a prayer is on, then <laughs> the party is lit. It is a fantastic song, and you're right. It's one of the best songs in, in rock history. It tells a story. Uh, it's got a great hooks, and that's what I, I really have noticed or really love about the band Kiss and Dynamite are the hooks, the big Thank choruses, you. you know, the way it kind of really pulls you in because it is reminiscent of that Scorpion's Bon Jovi style of music. I, I think it's absolutely incredible. And the new album is, is, is awesome. And it's well-deserved to have that number two ranking, not the end of the road. The album starts out with the title track that is very positive or very has a positive outlook on life. Because like you said, the last two years have been different and a struggle for a lot of people. And you constantly hear people say, well, this is going to be what it's like from now on. This is the new normal. This is what's happening. And I think we forget about how resilient we are as human beings. And at some point, this is all going to be behind us, I, I firmly believe. And that's really what the title track is about. And uh, can you speak to or, or what was the, the motivation for writing this song? I, you basically named it already. I mean, this song was, um, you could say a self therapy for myself because I wrote this song, um, just immediately after our, um, old drummer or former drummer Andy left the band. And this was the first lineup change that we had in, um, almost 15 years of a career. So 
I was pretty shocked. I was disappointed. I was also a little angry about the whole situation because we were fucked already pretty much by the pandemic. And uh, suddenly we had a whole um, lot of different problems um, to find a new band member because what we knew is that we wouldn't ever give up no matter how shitty uh, the situation is. And this disappointment and this shock um, that I felt the next morning after he told us um, quickly developed in some sort of feeling, fuck, no, Kissing Dynamite is not giving up. This is not the end and it's not the end of the road. So this title came to my mind all of a sudden and I've written this song um, in, in hours, in just a few hours because I needed it for myself, you know? And um, after I sent it over to the guys, uh, they they loved it a lot. And uh, suddenly we knew, okay, we have to do this as a first single because it is also a statement to our fans. It's not just a self-therapy that made us feel better. It's also a message that um, our fans needed to hear because they felt miserable too, because they were really thinking, oh, is this going to be uh, the end of kissing dynamite or what's what's going to happen and so we released that in in summer last year and uh, without knowing that um it had even a deeper impact on uh, so many people than we thought because because of the pandemic for example uh, because a lot of people fight depression a lot of people fight anxieties uh, that came with this uh, worldwide pandemic and um, this song gives them hope. And we received a lot of messages, a lot of uh, uh, even through the radio by some listeners um, who told with tears in their eyes uh, how how awesome they think the song is and how much hope they pull out of it. So um, that's actually the best compliment that you can get as an artist. And that makes it very, very unique to us. And um, I'm so proud of this tune. As you recorded this album, I mean, you mentioned this song and, and the powerful statement that it makes to fans and, and, and music lovers all over. But as recording the album, obviously, a lot of bands had to do remote recordings and record things differently. What was that process for you guys? Well, it didn't change so much because um, what people, what most people don't know, I didn't uh, only produce this record, but also um, Ecstasy, the previous one and the previous one before Ecstasy. So I'm, um, uh, I have my experience uh, uh, in producing Kiss and Dynamite. And uh, the thing is, the last two records were, um, I lived in, in the very north of Germany during that time. So we were basically 900 kilometers away from each other which made it difficult to meet all the time and uh, to have these kind of normal studio sessions so we did a lot um, over the distance by sending us files and stuff so um, the pandemic uh, was partly the same situation although i moved to the south of germany again uh, where we actually are more more or less on the same spot um, 50 kilometers away of each other uh, we couldn't meet all the time um, too because uh, there were lockdowns here in germany where it was simply not allowed so uh, we also had partly these um uh, virtual sessions, you know, that um, uh, Jim and me uh, basically uh, sent uh, us some some uh, tracks via internet and uh, built up the record by that. 
but of course uh, it was uh, very very cool to have also some sort of normal um, sessions that happened um, all the time also during these um, you know it was an up and down uh, some sometimes we had a lockdown and the next time it was everything was quite open again so it was a roller coaster ride all in all but we enjoyed it a lot since um, we all felt this new energy and this new power that came along with with these circumstances that we had to deal with when you think of this album and with all the stuff that was happening around the world and you think of where the band Kiss and Dynamite has come from. Where has the band evolved the most, in your opinion? I think um, it's um, in in uh, well, you could say lyrically. So in our minds, we we became or we we've grown adults. I mean, that's pretty logical. We started uh, as a school band when we were fifteen and sixteen years old. We had our first record deal, and you could hear that because on our debut album uh we were just paying tribute to our favorite bands that i uh, mentioned already like acdc scorpions bon jovi etc um and um it 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 was not something that you could call an own style you know um and throughout the years and with each album that we did we checked out what's possible for kiss and dynamite we've uh, walked new horizons we uh, ex- experimented a little to the left and a little to the right and it um, really took a while until we found our very own style and also to to find our um message that is the most important to us um, because um, we have always been a band that uh, don't stick their heads in the sand uh, we we've always been a band that looks optimistically in the future no matter which problems uh, come our way and um, well talking about the pandemic and the exit of our former band member Andy um, those were the shittiest days ever in the career. And uh, to to write an album as a self-therapy, uh, to, to tell ourselves we won't give up and we will fight ourselves through that shit. That was the most um, grown-up thing that we did in, in our whole life, I would say. And, and you can hear that too in the lyrics because we really deal with pure honest emotion and it's not just a party fun album uh, that is superficial and uh, you know somehow uh, childish but it's a real um, major grown-up uh, album that's uh, I, I guess uh, will speak to a lot of people when you think of that evolution that's happened especially on this album you know because of you know some of the subject matter and the writing and what everybody was going through were you conscious of this evolution or was there a sense of it happening organically? What was happening with the band and, and you know, how did you arrive to the music with this album? You know, this is always, to be completely honest, I'm uh, partly a perfectionist or at least I'm pretty pedantic when it comes to working on music um, for the band because I, I doubt a lot during the process. Um, so I've written this album in more than a year, of course, with breaks in between, but um, I needed to to give myself this time to really overthink things a hundred times, which is 
pretty annoying, but it is uh, the way it is. And um, it's a slow process of uh, finding those tracks and writing those tracks that really feel perfect for, for Kiss and Dynamite and feel p- perfect for ourselves. Um, and during this process, you don't mm, look so much back on what you did um, too much. It's, it's more... Uh, it's more that way uh, once you finish the album and once it's out, this is the, the main point. Um, then you look back with a smile on the whole process and uh, you remember all those good times and all those doubts and how unnecessary they were uh, because um, you, you yourself and also the people uh, you celebrate it. And um, it's, it's an awesome feeling. Uh, I cannot describe that in words, but um, I didn't feel so much of a, a master plan uh, during the writing of this album. I just let let it happen uh, organically and total naturally. Um, I, I said to myself, okay, I, I use every emotion that comes up that is strong enough to trigger uh, my songwriting. When you think of this album, you mentioned the therapy that it was able to give you with everything happening. When was this album recorded? Well, um, as I said, it's a, it was a long period. Um, and, you know, talking about a recording an album, uh, it's, it's also work in progress. Since the first uh, demo, um, I did that in uh, spring 2020. And some tracks that I recorded back then uh, were still in the final production. Some others I threw out. So you could, you cannot really say at this point the recording started and it was finished at that point uh, because it's just, um, yeah, like this natural process of developing and developing all the time. Um, but I really started um, to write and uh, produce the first demos um, in spring 2020. And I finished everything in, I don't know, June or July this year. So it was uh, really, really a long time. How do you stay with a song that you've recorded or demoed? for two years prior to the release. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the, the 2020 timeframe of when some of this stuff was demoed and recorded. And now you have 2022, this album coming out. Is it hard to stay with a song or does the song evolve with you or, or, or with the time? How, how does that process begin and, and, uh, and end with, with you in terms of writing music? Well, it's not hard at all um, because this, like the one of the first songs on this record, is a pretty sad one. Uh, probably the most, um, the yeah, the saddest song that we ever did. It's called Scours uh, because I was going through a, a difficult time by the end of uh, 2019 and also during the start of 2020. So. Uh, th- talking about uh, true honest emotion, I just um, uh, wrote this song because I needed it. And um, well, if I listen to this song nowadays, I I feel the the sad moments again. Uh, but but I look differently on it because I'm proud that I uh, have. Uh, uh, left this situation behind me but still I'm proud to have written this song and I'm still proud to listen to this song because I think it's a real beautiful tune 
And um, so this, you could call, I, I would put it more generally, you could uh, call this album some sort of a journey because it goes through highs and true lows. And uh, it's basically like uh, life itself, because I don't know anybody who's just happy all the time or just sad all the time. It's, um, it's, just, uh, it's just about uh, how humans feel, you know? As a musician, we know whether the the events are tragic or positive, musicians and artists use those moments for inspiration to write. And as a person, though, you mentioned therapy. How how much has music helped you over the last few years? <coughs> I, sorry, <laughs> uh, I think. Um... Music was the the only reason why I uh, achieved um, a lot of changes in my life that uh, were totally necessary uh, to do because uh, you get to a um, point in your life when you have some sort of, you know, you, you think about, okay, I, uh, am I going to continue like the way I was living up to now or am I going to change something um, because what we all can feel is some some insecurities or some um how do you call it uh some sort of uh something bothers you but you cannot really name it at first and uh, you truly have to find out at first what it is and music uh, always helped me a lot because if i listen to some songs that i that triggered uh some some emotions uh, deep inside that was a moment of clarity you know and um, those moments of clarity were absolutely necessary to find out which way i want to go and uh, also for the rest of the band which way we want to go so um for me music is an essential part of my life and it shows me uh, the way what's in store for kissing dynamite in 2022 in 2022, uh, we hopefully will play a lot of great festivals that are still on the list uh, since it was postponed two times. And I think we will um, do some tour dates. Uh, we are planning uh, in the background a lot since uh, quite a time now. And, uh, well, we will come out uh, sooner or later with um, a huge uh, tour to this new album. And we're all pretty excited about that. So that's the reason why we do this. Awesome, Hans. It's been a great conversation. I appreciate you coming on. The new album is fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you um, so much, Jay. Also, it was a pleasure talking to you. The new album is not the end of the road. The band is Kissing Dynamite. Go check it out. It's available everywhere. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rock. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay strong, and take care of each other. We'll talk soon.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.